Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. Carl, uh, you mad, bro? Because today we are going to look at Creator's perspective on the hazards of anger and hate. Well, no time like the present, as our current climate is here in the U.S. of A., There's plenty of hate to go around and be shared and to rebound from and sling back at the hater that we don't like. And uh, it's it's a round robin of folly, really, if you look at it from a divine perspective. But most of us aren't well equipped to do that. So we need some help. So that's where Creator comes in. And one of the benefits of being able to channel Creator is I can get some insights about these kinds of matters, how they work what are their consequences, and what does it mean for us if we just give in to our emotions and don't think about what happens when we indulge ourselves? This is is not an entirely new topic for us, but we've uh, asked some unique questions, and it's kind of a deeper dive and a a broader peeling of the onion. So there's some really good stuff in this this show. So you ask creator... It has been said that the cause of anger is unfulfilled expectations, implying that if one ceases to have expectations, one will cease to experience anger. How true is this, and what is Creator's perspective? All right, and these are Creator's words. There is truth behind your question, but unfortunately, there are many, many causes of anger in addition to unfulfilled expectations. There are many perceived shortcomings in the treatment by others, as well as the vicissitudes of life in general that impose limitations or create a state of lack in some respect, leaving a person unsatisfied and unhappy. Whether anger arises is a function of the level of vibration the person has cultivated for their general mood state at a given moment and the ease in which they can be, in effect, pushed out of this vibration for it to diminish and render them more and more susceptible to darker emotions that are of a lower vibrational nature. We are using this terminology not because it is metaphysical, but because it is functionally accurate that vibration is a continuum and emotions lie along this vibrational continuum as an indicator and often a motivation to take action in some way, hopefully to restore a better inner alignment with a loving vibration and not taken as an impetus to lash out at someone or cause a rash act that might later be regretted in response to inner dissatisfaction. A major category of cause behind feelings of anger, we would state, as a broader category of unfairness. Being treated unfairly in some way covers a lot of ground, whether done by individuals to a person or by institutions, or a combination of players where people who represent an institution are the deliverer of bad news in some way that invokes the perception of unfair criticism or treatment. 
And the emotional consequences will say a lot about the interior functioning of the individual and in some ways their relative well-being, whether they are roused into anger or simply able to respond with logic and reason in the assumption that their inner truth and wisdom will carry the day and there is no need for ruffled feathers. But some will take umbrage and resent an implication they are faulty or unworthy in some respect or simply being treated shabbily. This may come with a high degree of justification when there is true unfair treatment on display or it might be wounds to the ego as happens when people are less complete in the sense of being truly in divine alignment and have only their own ego to cling to for self-worth. And that is a precarious position to be in because almost any negative assessment of them will be seen as a threat. And the lack of interior alignment gives them little to, lo- to work with except to return negativity in kind or perhaps magnified through anger. In contrast, often a person with fewer inner resources of strength will simply be wounded and may passively accept their unfair treatment because they feel helpless, even though wronged, to do anything, to fight back and defend themselves and potentially enter into a helpful negotiation to right the wrong in some way. Some who are quite beaten down and lack a belief in themselves and their own worthiness will accept unfair treatment as simply further evidence of their decrepit state and will surrender to almost anything negative sent their way. We see both anger and abject acceptance of unfair treatment as unhealthy and a sign there is a significant healing need and opportunity on display where inner growth can be achieved through prayer work and healing requests. All too often people with an angry disposition are simply seen as someone with that personality and assume nothing can be done. This will usually be the personal perspective of such an individual, and their emotions provide all the justification they need for reacting harshly to unfair treatment. Even though many others would experience no anger whatsoever, many times there are misunderstandings and people are neglected in a way that is not at all personal or intended, and yet the anger-based individual will explode and lash out quite readily and perhaps then create animosity in their would-be opponent and create an enemy in the process. As with anything in life, healing starts at home. There must be a personal inner awareness and resolve to seek something better before anything can happen, including divine intervention on a person's behalf. So it is good to have these discussions to put things in perspective to not simply accept the world as it seems to be and oneself as you seem to have been made, but know you are inevitably a work in progress and incomplete, and there are always ways to grow through learning and gaining of wisdom. Well, this is a fascinating answer. Uh, Probably the biggest takeaway I take from it is that anger is always a sign of healing that needs to get done somewhere. Yes, uh, on the part of some party. So, it, sh- it at best it should be a temporary condition. You know, it, it's not something that should eat away at you forever. It's something that is a warning sign and something a call to action essentially. 
Yes, and too often it's taken as a call to action for the other party to beat up on the person. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, to, to immediately get hooked into a, a conflict and right. an exchange That's not of words. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and if it escalates into um, physical violence, it's not a good thing and ultimately makes matters worse in most cases. So I think people can probably see themselves in that description on one side of the uh, dilemma or the other where you're too often victimized by the anger of others and can't mount any of your own to even stand up for yourself. Yeah, that's Or you tend to go off um, half-cocked and and lash out more than you really should. And maybe regret it later. Right, because there's always a problem of power disparity in this world too, you know. Those in a higher hierarchy have a little more latitude to be angry with you than the other way around, unfortunately. Yeah. You ask creator, how closely related to anger is hate, and what is the difference? All right, and creator tells us, the two are on the spectrum of negativity that is directed usually towards something outside the self, but can be directed inwardly at the self as well. We would make the distinction that anger is an initial response to something and might be transient. It might well fade quickly if someone rushes in to explain a misunderstanding so it is clear the anger is unjustified and then can be squelched by the person themselves listening to a reasoned argument and shown evidence it is misdirected. That would be a normal reaction. Hatred is a longer term proposition. A state of being where there are inner beliefs that something deserves one's judgment and animosity, and there will be an inner predisposition to recreate such feelings whenever the target comes into view. Because the beliefs will dictate how one reacts given such an opportunity or forced into a position to deal with an outside source of aggravation that is mistrusted and judged as an enemy of the self in some respect, whether a person or an institution. So anger may or may not be connected to strong inner beliefs, but can quickly become hatred within people who are predisposed to expect things to be angry about and will simply add the label of hated to any and all comers who disappoint them. This creates quite a legacy because that individual's world will grow darker by the day And the more they encounter people in circumstances that trigger inner hatred, the less joy and happiness they will experience. In a sense, it is surrounding your joy and happiness, surrendering your joy and happiness to an outside influence of some kind by deciding you're going to feel bad whenever you are around it or have to deal with it in some way. And so you will pay a price, in effect, a penalty with each such encounter. It will darken you, drag you down, make you miserable, and in effect cause inner wounding because all judgment has a karmic consequence. It will darken the soul through a wounding in parallel. Even as you send harsh thoughts about a person or a circumstance you are subjected to, it is throwing you out of alignment to do so. And that lowering of yourself will have consequences assigned to you because of your decision and reaction to ongoing circumstances and acting in a way that is not highest and best. 
The ideal is to take precautions when one is roused to anger to find a way to heal that emotion. It will often lead to a practical solution that diffuses the situation and satisfies an aggressor even by being cooperative, even-handed, and dispassionate in sorting through the concerns at hand and coming to a compromise or a just solution that will satisfy all parties. And then the need for anger goes away and will not proceed to create inner beliefs that require hatred as a component when an association is made with that stimulus. By diffusing the anger, satisfying the need of a would-be aggressor to neutralize things, one, in effect, heals the situation before healing of the soul and the inner being become necessary through allowing wounding to take place from the encounter. Well, you know, I, we see an awful lot of hatred, especially surrounding the you know, political questions these days on both sides of the aisle. You know, both sides are hating on each other. And, you know, you, you can argue with people all day long and, you know, they're clinging to their beliefs. Some of these beliefs introduced by interlopers that we, we, we've learned from the past. But, you know, anger itself, while it is an energy, I think also is governed a lot by belief in its in anger, you know. And people don't question that maybe maybe you need to look at your anger and take a step back from the threshold. You know, forget about what the angers are directed at, especially if it's something like politics, which most of us don't have any direct effect over. Sometimes we need to step back from the fire pit and get away from the heat a little bit. Does that make any sense? Uh, Absolutely. It's about self-control. And uh, if you have a deeper understanding that this is going to have other consequences, you know, it's an indulgence to stew about things and harbor them and we're going to be talking about grudges in a moment yeah and this is because it's very toxic anger is toxic it really really is yes you in a sense are becoming like a perpetrator at least emotionally and that is out of out of alignment there are places when anger is a natural normal response and creator will touch on that as we go along here but we're talking about you know a persistence that grows to the hatred level, it's always a liability. Yes. And I have been alarmed because I've seen a lot of people, that just wonderful people, people I've known my whole life, that I hardly recognize now, you know, that they're just full of venom that I've never seen before. It's really pretty disturbing. <laughs> you ask creator, what is happening behind the scenes when one nurses a grudge? Is the implication that the grudge might fade or recede without being nursed actually correct? All right. Creator tells us, we would say it is a faulty assumption that one can simply stop nursing a grudge and then it might go away or fade in importance. To some extent, out of sight is out of mind, and this will keep things from getting worse. But when one encounters someone they believe to be a foe again and again, a past grievance can easily become a grudge against that individual if there is no restitution and no way to resolve differing worldviews where a person's left feeling they've been slighted or harmed in some way. And whoever caused the harm is unwilling to apologize or make restitution. That act of unfairness left unsatisfied 
can grow into a grudge against that transgressor where the mind will essentially be triggered by their popping up again and that resentment will bubble up within to make the person unhappy and cause an emotional reaction that might well be in the form of a backlash to inflame the situation further. It is never a good idea to fight fire with fire. And that is the danger in holding a grudge because someone will always be carrying beliefs that will inflame passions and it takes a great deal of restraint to not express this or show it in one way or another in one's demeanor, if not words. And the other party will pick up and on that and see they're still being aided and may well dig in their heels and give no satisfaction at all through any act that might ease tensions when that is sorely needed. Acts of loving kindness are the best defense against an attacker. But this is counterintuitive when people feel under threat to be more loving, to be more giving, more understanding, more tolerant. But that strategy can work when dealing with a normal person. It will not work with a sociopath, but that is a different matter. One must know one's opponent, and that is an aspect of wisdom as well to cultivate so one has more than one arrow in their quiver, so to speak, and can deploy the best strategy and, in effect, have a control over the tenor of their response to any given situation in a way that will be productive rather than counterproductive and will serve the goal of healing the rift, the reason for animosity in the first place. And this will always serve the soul because it will prevent further wounding. So it is better to use diplomacy than to go to war. It is better to make a compromise from a position of inner strength, but a willingness to tolerate the foibles of others, seeing they may not be able to help themselves, than to risk one's life simply because one feels righteous, being in the right and how they see the situation. This is the wisdom in the saying, discretion is the better part of valor. Discretion is a form of wisdom acquired through life experience, experienced best while in divine alignment. So what I draw from this is essentially that um, probably the best antidote to anger and even hate, perhaps, is wisdom. Love, yes, but even love has to be administered wisely, you know. Um, and, and this the creator says that this is a complex situation that, that requires discernment and flexibility in response, I think. Well, and part of that wisdom is knowing thyself. Yes. <laughs> and if you're nursing a grudge, it, it's an indulgence. And if you think of it as kind of um, almost a pathetic need to have something to cling to, to make yourself feel okay and feel important and feel like you've got some power. If that power only comes through hating someone else and seeing them as worse than you are, you know, that's a, a very meager door prize. You're, you're really uh, trading a wound to your soul for that indulgence. And it's not going to make you feel good either. You're going to be no. miserable. No, there's nothing. Uh, but actually, that's a good question for creator in a future show. Is you know because pe- people can you know choose which cactus they want to cling to, and uh, 
you know, maybe maybe anger is easier to walk around with than sadness. I don't know. You know, it, it's an interesting question. Might explore that. But uh, be, be sure to explore getwisdom.com and check out our Get Wisdom database where there's, well, what, over 3,000 questions and answers now, Carl? Um, I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah and, uh, you can sign up, uh, be a par- participant member. It's eternally free. Uh, get that sign up today going at getwisdom.com. We'll be right back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. Uh, We are looking at Creator's perspective on the hazards of anger and hate. And we are learning that there are quite a few hazards with this, Carl. Yes, indeed. It's uh, it's a dark corner, <laughs> but it's something that comes our way time and again because it's in our array of emotions and reacting to things. Everybody's experienced it, maybe even and, today. <laughs> yes, well, and what we're learning is there is a growth in wisdom that comes from looking deeper yep. at the consequences and understanding the purpose behind things and the, the risks to oneself for indulging the the darker, more unpleasant emotions. Yes, well, and, we are, and why gaining control is a path back to happiness. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are indeed learning more about this. And you ask Creator, why would anyone nurse a grudge? Well, Creator tells us, The nursing of grudges is the response to inner impulses based on beliefs within the being which give rise to strong feelings on the matter. When one is triggered by seeing an old enemy or put in a situation where they're being challenged unfairly or treated unfairly, there may well be a strong inner emotional reaction. Many times there is little one can do to change another person to be more understanding, tolerant, or forgiving, 
And the same is true of institutions. They have arbitrary rules, so one is left with little recourse many times to make life fairer. Because there is a lack of control of the world, one can only control oneself if they learn how to do this. But it is much more difficult to change things around you. So it is the inner beliefs that one can expect trouble, one can expect ill treatment, and one can expect to be left unhappy in the end, which will give rise to an emotional reaction whenever there is a reminder of prior difficulty. And if there is an automatic hatred, that is what constitutes a grudge by definition. An automatic knee-jerk response to make hatred uppermost in the mind by the presence of an opposing force. It is called nursing because people who are wise understand there are ways to work through such dilemmas, to find a path for healing and forgiveness, to get out from under the burden that grudges represent, from being in the way of happiness. In a sense, it reinforces the negativity from the opponent because it becomes self-applied again and again through having a strong emotional reaction within the victim. And that adds to the injustice of the situation. But in this case, the victim is digging their own grave, so to speak, by cultivating an inner pain response that happens over and over and over again and is of their own doing. This is why it becomes a karmic dilemma, because in a sense, it is something chosen, if only by default. Wisdom to seek healing is the antidote. You know, I, th- I think it goes without say that a lot of people, a lot of good people, a lot of people that maybe wouldn't have this happen to them otherwise, in response to the politics of the day, it doesn't matter what side, has inculcated within themselves that automatic hate reaction. And that is, that is a disturbing thing and, and something that we would invite you to look at if you're having that response. Because... Just because your political candidate might go away, the guy that you're you know, having this response over, doesn't mean that this thing you've built, this automatic reaction is going to go away. It's going, you know, the energy that you've created is going to persist, and that's a danger, Carl. Yes, and there's been much talked about this through the centuries, but it's not talked about enough and in the right way to know how to do something. You know, most of the time, it's on a gut level. You know, on the fight or flight level, run and hide or lash out, go to war. And, you know, fighting fire with a fire is always the wrong choice. This is what Creator says again and again. Absolutely. You ask Creator, what is happening behind the scenes when one is consumed by hate? This appears different from nursing a grudge as it implies something happening to a person as opposed to something they are actively embracing and knowingly contributing to. What is Creator's perspective? Creator says, this is a distinction of degree rather than kind. When one is consumed by hate, this implies not only is there hatred present, but it becomes not only a high priority, but an important agenda for the person to take action and often repeated action to, in effect, go to war against their opponent and look for ways to fight back and cause them harm. Most people have many things they choose to let go of rather than fight each one. 
There is wisdom in this because one can gain enough inner strength to be impervious to attack in a sense so that being opposed, being denigrated, being cheated, being rejected, being abandoned will not be seen as a wound to the self as much as a karmic misstep by the attacker that shows their poor character and that they are to be pitied more than despised. So being consumed by anger is being on a path of destruction. Most people will fear for the opponent in this situation when the reality is both the opponent and the one consumed by anger are in peril. Because holding hatred and acting on hatred wounds the self in parallel and will incur a karmic penalty that will be double. Because the one acting in hatred must rebalance the harm to their victim as well as to themselves. So we would say the characteristics of being consumed by hatred are very much a sign the person is in dire need of healing. Even when there is righteous anger because the person is consumed, the person consumed by hate seems to have a full justification, for example, because of the magnitude of mistreatment. Two wrongs do not make a right. And as we have said again and again, fighting fire with fire makes the victim a perpetrator in their own right. And they are joining ranks with evildoers when they give in to the impulse to harm others or the self, even though holding such thoughts. We understand this is a high standard. But aiming for being lofty will carry you further than giving in to negative thinking and acting on impulse that might make things much worse and create future burdens in the bargain. You will need to clean up. Well, it, you know, Creator reemphasizes again that uh, in the presence of hate, that really what this indicates is a, is a dire need for healing. And that, and that. When you hate, even if it's a just hate, so to speak, you know, if there is such a thing, it's kind of an oxymoron perhaps, but that if there is a righteous hatred, it still is going to harm you. That is not the, the best way to go about trying to solve a problem. Yeah, and it's, it's a lesson that seems that never gets learned in every new generation. We, we go down the same kind of road. We end up in war. We end up in political gridlock rather than finding common ground and a bipartisan kind of resolution that at least gives something to both sides. Instead, we settle for nothing for either side. You know, yeah. st- see if you like that. Ha! Ah, you know, that's, who does that hurt? It hurts everyone. You know, Crater did mention, you know, that we are subject to fight or flight. And I, I have thought about this, and I think that. You know, hatred or anger can't have a purpose in the sense that we might be afraid, you know, the flight, the fear thing, to take action. And that they, it takes like an anger to offset the fear in order to compel us to act. And yet, while that might get action going, it's probably not going to be the right action. <laughs> yeah. So, I think the goal is to overcome both fear and anger together because uh, they're kind of a, a twin in a way, I think. Well, that sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah. <laughs> U.S. creator, the lust for revenge can be a principal driving force in a person's life. What is the belief behind that drive and where does it come from? 
And Creator tells us, this, we would say, is further on the continuum in terms of the strength of hatred. So we would say having a lust for revenge ranks below being consumed by hatred on a downward spiral of negativity. This is the temptation the evildoers surrender to because they cannot hold lofty thoughts. They cannot experience love to feel its rewards or offer it to others as a way of raising their own vibration. Their only enjoyment in life can be experienced as gaining something at the expense of another. This is getting into the territory of the narcissist and the sociopath who are devoid of compassion and the ability to love to a large or extreme extent, as the case may be. A lust for revenge is a self-indulgence in depravity and is a low perspective indeed that one would feel satisfied only by causing an equal or even greater harm to a perceived foe as a solution to their inner drive for revenge. The reason this is so harmful is that it is a drive to, in effect, become equal to their perpetrator as a source of negativity and power directed at causing harm. So harboring such thoughts and yearnings and making it a high priority or even a life goal is stepping into the shoes of the perpetrator without a conscience and seeking harm to others without any thought to the consequences in a longer term sense. And such a person may be digging their own grave, causing severe harm to others or to the self may in fact be resolved through the law of karma by having a future lifetime greatly shortened in repayment of the pain and suffering they have caused to indulge their lust for revenge. The fact that the books are always balanced by the law of karma guarantees if they harm another, they will harm themselves in parallel and often to a greater degree because all of the consequences of the harm caused beyond their target to those who depend and care about them who will be hurt if their target is hurt, all that pain and suffering will return one day to the seeker of revenge and they will be responsible for a repayment. So nothing is truly gained, only a greater loss. You know, I I thought, wow, when I heard, you know, creators say that when you seek revenge, you're really trying to outdo the perpetrator. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to become one with the perpetrator. It's like, wow, that's a, that's a really profound insight, but it's true. Well, and it's, and it's literally true in the sense, energetically, you become indistinguishable. Yeah. You know, if you hurt someone in a sense, the reason why can be a mitigating factor to some extent. But when the rules say you're not supposed to be hurting, that's not <laughs> going to make a huge difference. It's not going to save you from suffering eventually yourself. You're going to have to pay the piper. And it's that simple. You ask creator, when one seeks revenge for a long time and then finally achieves it, it is usually far from satisfying and is frequently emotionally devastating. Can creator share why that is? All right, and these are creator's words. The reason this happens with regularity is that the impulse to seek revenge is faulty to begin with. 
It is poor judgment and a lack of wisdom in surrendering to the inner belief this will right the wrong, the perceived grievance that is so troubling. And because it is out of alignment to seek vengeance and cause harm simply because one has been harmed, if the intended act of vengeance is carried out, it will be a pyrrhic victory because it cannot truly make the original victim feel whole again. They will still have their wound. They will still have their feeling of diminishment and causing suffering to their perpetrator will not truly replace what was taken from them. They have only returned the crime. So now there are two victims and two perpetrators having a kind of dance together. This will not end things, but may in fact perpetuate the dance so that it continues further and may even resume in another lifetime when the two come back together and have another round of similar attacks and retribution to continue the struggle. The only answer that makes sense is healing through a return of love to all involved. This can be difficult to see and even more difficult to carry out by a person blinded by hatred. And that is the problem with inner beliefs. They cannot be overridden readily and may in fact require healing through belief replacement via a divine intervention to end the cycle. But this is doable through prayer and the right healing requests to arrange it to happen. And that is a wiser course of action to prevent what could be a virtually unending saga of action-reaction carried on through centuries of time to support an ongoing vendetta that only worsens the participants who cannot see the folly they embrace. You know, this this answer got me thinking, Carl. Um, that, you know, they can, beliefs cannot be overridden readily and may in fact require healing through belief replacement. Um, I, I know that's part of the protocol, but I, I wondered when I read this that maybe um, it, it could be more explicitly stated. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, this, this is a truism in this explanation that can be stated many ways. And it, it depends on one's perspective. It's hard to separate reason and logic from our emotions. And that's part of the problem here. <laughs> we, right. we're, we're sort of programmed to act on our feelings. And if we can't act on them, to carry them around with us and stew over it, and that's where how, how nursing grudges gets going and seeking vengeance gets going. So th- this is an attempt to look from on high at the reality of what all this represents. We're playing a game with ourselves that's of a low nature. It's not enlightened. It's not lofty. It's primitive. It's animalistic. You hit me, I'll hit you. They yeah. hit us, we hit them. You know, you see this in the movies. You know, this is this is very primitive thinking without regard to the big picture, which is you have an immortal soul. <laughs> You're going to keep coming back here. I have many clients and I can see their past lifetimes when they've been in a karmic dance with a perpetrator right. and the perpetrator's back in the current life. <laughs> and on it goes. <laughs> and they're still fighting the fight. Yeah, need to break the cycle. And yes. uh, best way to healing. do that is through healing. Healing's the answer. Absolutely. 
And you can learn more about the way that Get Wisdom advocates healing with the Lightworker Healing Protocol. Uh, download that at getwisdom.com slash LHP. Getwisdom.com slash LHP. I promise you it's worth every second of your time to look into. And we back with more on this topic when we come back with more Get Wisdom right after this. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom where we are looking at creator's perspective on the hazards of anger and hate. And uh, I know you're going to hate when this episode is over, but uh, we do the best we can. (laughs) You asked creator, Carl, can creator describe the impacts on the individual body and soul short and long term when one seethes with anger and hatred or hatred? All right. And creator tells us. There are many adverse consequences of embracing those vibrational states of being. When one indulges in anger, they, in effect, are on a precipice, and every choice they make may have heightened consequences because of the intensity of emotion and the resulting actions it can motivate. Anger can be an exhibition of inner strength that raises up a person to take what may well be effective action to right or wrong. Because the anger simply is helping them to see with clarity they have been wrong or someone they care about. And that can be the first step to making an improvement that will result in a gain and inner growth as well. Anger serves a purpose. It is not automatically to be avoided or seen as an inappropriate response to something. Hence the term righteous anger when there is just cause to take offense And oftentimes, anger can be a sufficient warning to a wrongdoer to make them retreat. And this may solve the problem altogether if a would-be perpetrator withdraws and moves on. That show of strength can be life-saving at times. The problem comes when anger is inappropriate 
and may, if the result of a misunderstanding, be mirrored by the other party in response. And that may be seen as a validation of the original inappropriate anger, and then this leads to an exchange of blows, either in words or physical altercation, as the case may be, and then things escalate from there. So it is when anger is prolonged and unjustified where damage can be done. This certainly affects the body because it increases stress, and that can have physical liabilities through long-term injury to the self physically. This is why highly stressful jobs for those who are often experience anger during their day can take a toll over time and lead to chronic illness and early death, in fact. People need to know their limits and do something to mitigate such circumstances. It might be highest and best to find another career than to soldier on and have oneself undermined and in the end, injured irretrievably through accumulated wounding. It is harder to heal what one chooses to take part in because that has karmic implications. If you knowingly take on risk, the divine cannot simply make you into Superman or Wonder Woman to shield you from all harm. You may well experience a karmic consequence from risk-taking or a willingness to tolerate repeated abuse. In the same way that stress of this kind can harm the body, it will also wound the soul because it creates circumstances that take you out of divine alignment for varying lengths of time when you are experiencing painful feelings, dark emotions that lower your vibration and in effect move you away from God. This need not be permanent and does not mean you will be judged and punished for that circumstance other than what it means for you already, that through whatever means have happened, experiencing things that will lower you in some way will register on the Akashic records and will have soul consequences as well and create a kind of wounding that is your responsibility to fix. Well, you know, good advice on most, if not literally all situations, is moderation. You know, not to, to go to excess in any one thing. And Creator says here, you know, when anger is prolonged and unjustified, there, then that's when the damage can be done. So we don't want to marginalize anger too much. It is a useful motion. But it's always a sign that something more needs to be done and shouldn't be indulged for its own sake. Right. There's a healing need and opportunity. It might be primarily in the person causing the anger in someone. They may be the knucklehead. They may be the one who is really beyond the pale and doing something outrageous or certainly improper and uncalled for. And they're in the wrong morally and ethically. But still, if you keep that anger and it eats at you and poisons you from inside yourself, you're allowing that to happen in a way. And so healing can help with that. You don't have to harbor that and nurse it and live with it there's a way out and sometimes it might be better to make a lifestyle change to get away from a situation that's that's eating at you like that you know it might be better to, to change jobs or even get out of a relationship you know sometimes you have to make difficult decisions in life you ask creator can creator share how prayer work and the light worker healing protocol can help us overcome the hazards of anger and hatred All right, Creator tells us, when one is darkened by dark thoughts, 
harboring inner anger, resentment, or grudges. That negativity, representing a diminishment or absence of love, can only be healed through reacquiring love in some way, to refill the void that was created by that departure from divine alignment. That is what healing consists of. It is the application of divine love to right the wrongs in a person's experience that leave them perturbed, diminished, filled with doubts, fearful, angry, humiliated, shamed, and so on. All of the states of emotional diminishment through despair in some form or reaching a limit of tolerance and erupting into anger to go on the attack are a slippery slope and taken to excess may well cause harm that may be irreparable. Because dark feelings directed at others are harmful to them, but harm the originator as well, there is a double penalty from holding anger beyond the point it is useful in some way as a motivation or a defense to warn away an opponent during a confrontation. What causes harm incurs a penalty and that penalty will be assigned to the originator of the harmful energy. Regardless of the reason it arises and is expressed, one needs divine help to deal with such things. Much of the harm is unseen and will only be experienced later, and rarely is appreciated as to its origin and the personal responsibility inherent in its self-creation when returned as a karmic obligation or penalty, perhaps even in a subsequent lifetime. All such things can receive divine healing and be healed outright through divine grace or a long-term healing program started to heal things bit by bit. And this may be the only feasible way to deal with large problems that have been set in motion involving many individuals and many, many encounters with sources of influence causing negativity and damage. Because people have had many, many lifetimes on average, there is a huge backlog of unhealed karmic business needing attention. This is the compelling reason to request divine assistance. You are helpless without it. People accumulate more karmic baggage than they heal during the course of their life because so little awareness exists about the need for healing and how to do it effectively. Prayer especially done in a way to empower the prayer, as we have taught you, is one way people can take action by themselves to help the self and others. Most prayers are relatively weak in effectiveness through ignorance in how best to go about it. And being ignorant, as most people are, as to the reasons why they face difficulty in their lives, they will not perceive the true origins and their role in it and will not know what to pray for other than very vague general cries for help. This leaves the divine with little to work with because humans are in charge. And if they give imprecise and incomplete instructions, there will be only a limited divine response possible. That is the harsh lesson of the physical existence you signed on to undergo and assist with. And that is why the enlightenment that comes from divine teachings and wisdom imparted through your channel is making a huge difference in the world as we speak. Because those who use the Lightworker Healing Protocol 
are employing divine wisdom through understanding all the sources of negativity that give rise to human difficulties and a series of requests to the divine for the very resources the divine realm uses for healing to be employed in the highest and best and most powerful way to work not only on the individual being prayed for in effect, but all of their influencers who have contributed to the negativity they are experiencing, whether it is emotional burdens, a physical illness, or harmful conduct like an addiction that is threatening their health and longevity, or bad conduct in treatment of others because they are out of control and putting themselves and others in danger. Regardless of the negativity and its origins, the divine will understand and know exactly what is taking place. When all these individual sources of negativity are described explicitly with requests to the divine to apply the very tools it uses for such circumstances and various forms of amplification and leveraging to have the healing applied not only to everyone and everything that can be a negative influence, but across all time domains to heal the damage done in other lifetimes that may continue to be resonating within and harming the person needing help. You have the ingredients to truly overcome any and all problems, given enough time for this to play out. Healing can take a very long time, and that is because of the enormous backlog and complexity of the enterprise as a consequence of the human dilemma, coming from behind as you are through millennia of suffering at the hands of others and with little wherewithal to do effective healing. And being ignorant of the priority most needed to solve the human dilemma being the need to heal your perpetrators first to truly solve the problem. Without healing the perpetrators who inflict harm on you and threaten your very existence, you will always be playing catch up, putting out fires they have set, but more fires will keep coming. That is no way to live. The Lightbreaker Healing Protocol and Empowered Prayer work well together and together can save and heal humanity. Both require your participation, either done by you through learning how or requesting the help of a practitioner who can do this on your behalf and who brings an added advantage of someone having very likely a higher belief quotient in the divine and belief in themselves as worthy of requesting divine assistance. A minimum, their belief quotient will be added to yours, and this only further enhances the likelihood of receiving the benefits you seek. It is a choice, but a choice that is important and vital to having a future, let alone the quality of the future you will enjoy with the remainder of your current life. You must act if you want to be included in the rescue of humanity. Yes, we all must act, but we we do need to know how and what the best way to act actually is. And the Labor Healing Protocol is unique because it involves all the optimum ways to make requests of the divine. We've learned through this project that 
we're in charge here. This is a free will experiment. And creator is only going to intervene. The divine realm is only going to intervene with an explicit request. And it's knowing how to make those requests that this, what this project is all about, Charles. Yeah, absolutely. And th- this is why with all the prayers all through history, things never got solved immediately and quickly and totally and for any length of time. And the reason is people didn't know all that was going on, the reasons why they were suffering, and they didn't know how to ask for help effectively. That's part of the test of us going on here to figure that out. We are figuring it out, and Creator is helping because we are asking, and we are blessed with the ability to communicate more clearly. We don't have to wait for vague, intuitive uh, signs and symbols that suggest things indirectly. We can get verbatim. Yes. Exactly what's needed and why. And, and that makes exactly, all the difference. And what's exactly needed is an exponentially uh, greater effectiveness of healing. And the Lightwork Healing Protocol provides that. Get that at getwisdom.com slash LHP. We're out of time, Carl. Thanks a lot, everybody. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 